Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 184. You know, most of us would like to see changes in our lives, right? You know, for the most part. I mean, even if we're going through a relatively stable, happy period, we tend to want something to change. And, and usually it's something that we believe um, that if we could secure it, if we could get it, it would make us happier, right? Now, it could be something for ourselves. Or it could be something for someone else. Or, uh, or maybe it's a passion or an interest that you have in something. And you think, well, if I could just be more involved in this, or I wish I, if I could help in this area. And Well, here's the thing about change that is quite fascinating. If you're interested in change, which... I'm going to take it most of us are, right? It's worth noting that God is all about change. In fact, long term, uh, God has plans for lots and lots and lots of changes. We might have a five-year plan. Uh, God's plan, unsurprisingly, is a little bit bigger than five years, right? In fact, the Apostle Paul would say, Uh, God has a plan for us, and not only us, but for the entire cosmos. Yeah, not not just the earth, not just the people, not just a few individuals, but all of creation. So what we're going to be looking at today, our text is Romans 8, and we're going to be looking at a little tiny part of God's plan and what that looks like in our lives. I mean, obviously, you know, it's much, much bigger than just our lives. Like I said, it's about the entire cosmos, all the earth, all the planets, all the people, all the creatures. But when it gets right down to it, it's often the last piece that is of particular interest to us because it's like, okay, so what is God actually doing in my life? I mean, does God even care about the things that I care about? You know, and we all care about different things, right? Depending on where we are in our life, some of us are worried about college tuition, and some of us are thinking, have I, is my money invested in the right 401k markets here? Or are my mortgage payments, am I going to be okay with these mortgage payments? or my health, or further afield, you might be thinking about wildfires or refugees. Just, you know, every time you put the news on, right, there's so many things that you see that are wrong. You think, well, is God a part of all of this? All the stuff of life and Yeah, I mean, I'd like some changes. Well, according to Romans, the book of Romans, uh, God wants change more than we do. Uh, So much of the time we, uh, we want changes, we want things to be different. Well, this passage says God wants change too, and in fact, this is the this is the line I want us to think about today. 
it's a great line. It says that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God intercedes for us, prays for us with sighs too deep for words. And this Spirit prays for God's will to be done in us. Yeah. So he's saying, you want some change in your life? Okay, know this. The Spirit of God in you is praying on your behalf with sighs too deep for words that God's will will be done in your life. Now, you might, of course, think, well, what does God's will look like in my life? Well, he answers that question, too, in verse 29, that we will be conformed to the image of his son. Now, it's just good to know we all have our dreams. We all have our plans. We all want things to go a certain way. It's good to sometimes just pause and think, am I actually on the same page as God is? Because <laughs> it can kind of make sense if we're moving ahead and not getting anywhere and getting frustrated and then thinking, you know, is God even helping me at all? Well, maybe, maybe we're not in sync here because the apostle is saying that what God is really interested in for us is that we are being conformed, or another way of saying it is God is shaping us to be like Christ, or here's another way of saying it. God is shaping us to bring out all the Christ-like qualities already there, but often hidden, but they're already there. So it's like, if you think about this, if you think of Christ as the living example of a completely whole unbroken human being. I mean, this is, this is the best example of a human being that's ever walked the earth. Jesus, the living example of a human being at its best. It's like, we want to learn how to forgive. Jesus lived a life always forgiving. We don't want to live a life full of resentment and carrying around wounds of damaged relationships. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, Jesus didn't live that way. He didn't live with a lot of resentment. He wasn't carrying around the wounds of the past. He modeled forgiveness perfectly. He was completely whole. I've mentioned this before that the word salvation means wholeness. Yeah. So we all want to trust God. We want in the sense that we, we, we don't want to worry about things. We want to live without anxiety. We want to learn how to rest in God just as a new baby rests in the comfort of her mother's arms. It's like, what a beautiful image. We want that. Yeah, we do. We want that childlike trust that Jesus spoke about. We want to learn about that childlike trust that brings great comfort and security. Well, here's the thing. Jesus 
lived that way. He lived that way. And that's why he kept saying, follow me, because I can show you how to live in this state or in this way. I mean, he modeled his whole life what it looks like to, as he would say, he was trusting in his heavenly father. And of course, that took away the anxiety, right? Because he's trusting. He brought healing everywhere he went. He left this trail of healing behind him. So what the scripture teaches us is that God is working in and you and me, to bring all this Christ-like potential that's, that's in there out, right? For the, for the scripture, it's not like you need more of something. It's like, no, 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 no. You have what you need. You have what you need. But we can certainly have blocks, Things can block us. But we do have capacity to live without fear. And we do have potential to love unconditionally. It's, like an, it's almost like an uncovering needs to take place. We, we do have capacity to be forgiving, but we can be blocked. We do have capacity to love, but we can be blocked. We have capacity to live without fear, but we can be blocked. So it's God's intention, God's will to unblock us, so to speak. The old word is sanctification. The old word is holiness. But it's like our, in our essence, at the core of us, the heart of us, the eternal part of us, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Like the scripture says, we're profound works of art. Uh, worth, we're beyond price. I mean, we're just beyond price as far as God's concerned. That's why, you know, when when we're called children of God, it's like a huge deal. It's like, we're beyond price. You're the light of the world, he said. You're God's workmanship. You're, You're made in the image of God. I mean, you're priceless. Absolutely, completely, totally awesome in the true sense of the word. Now, we might not feel this way, right? We might look back on the last week and say, light of the world, me? I don't know. I don't, I don't really think I was very Christ-like last week because on Tuesday, I was really worried about my finances. And then on Wednesday, I was worried about my future, got angry at my spouse. And on Thursday, you know, fill in the blank, right? We all have these things that come upon us a lot. And that's a part of being human too. But what this text is saying is, is that the bottom line is, is that God is working in us. We're a work in process. And it's not primarily that important what we feel. In, in some sense, when we speak about the spiritual life, because we might never feel like Christ-like, or we might never feel uh, like we're loving enough or forgiving enough or peaceful enough. 
I think uh, what is more important is, is that what God says, right? We want to base a reality in what God says rather than what we're feeling in the moment. I mean, quite frankly, I'd rather trust God's word than my feelings because my feelings are all over the map, right? Now, what, the, what this promise is, is what the scripture is saying is, is that, and the promise is, you need to know that God is working in our lives, albeit below the surface, from the beginning of time. This has been God's plan and desire. I'm shaping you. I'm bringing out the best in you. I'm fashioning you in such a way that your very essence will shine. You without the baggage, you without the fear, you in all that is wondrous and good. I mean, it's the, it's the holy life's work. The spirit, the energy of God, the breath of God helps us in our weakness because we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit of God intercedes with sighs, with groans too deep for words. Isn't that just such a great line that the Spirit's praying? It's like, you don't know how to pray, so I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> right? So the problem is, according to the Scripture, the problem is, yeah, we want to see some changes in our life, but we don't always necessarily know what the right changes are. We don't know truly what is best. Now, I know we think we do, but this is, I'm giving you the scriptures uh, teaching here. The scripture's saying, actually, you don't really know what you want. I mean, you might know what you want, but it might not necessarily be what you need. It's like a four-year-old. A four-year-old might think what, that like they want a particular thing or a 10-year-old, a 16-year-old, I want a particular thing, but it may not be the best thing, right? Right? It may not be actually truly the best thing. Or when I grow up, I might think, well, I need more money. I want it. I really, really need it and want it or I want a bigger house, or I want a new spouse. I want somebody who understands me this time. Or I need a job. Or I need patience with my in-laws. Or I need time for myself. I'm, like, I'm so tired of looking after other people. Well, fine. And there's nothing actually wrong with any of these needs and desires, right? I mean, that's just the human condition. We all have our needs and our desires and our wants and our likes. But God addresses deeper needs than these known needs. And again, it's not like these needs aren't valid. It's more, what the scripture is saying is, it's more that we can't really truly articulate what we truly need, because we just don't know. God works in the hidden 
realms. Now, today we don't call it the hidden places of the heart. Today we don't call it the hidden realms. Today we call it the subconscious. St. Paul, when he wrote the book, when he wrote his letter to the book of Romans, there was no such word for the subconscious, right? That's a relatively new term. So St. Paul didn't write about, you know, the subconscious, but he would say things like the hidden places of the heart. God works in the hidden places of the heart. Today we'd say God doesn't solely work with our consciousness. God also works with our subconscious, the parts of us that we're not even aware of, that is driving us, leading us, pushing us, and sometimes causing us a whole lot of pain, right? So, so James Dunn, who's a theologian, when he comments on the syntax of this verse, and the, and the verse is, you know, this whole idea of the Spirit, God intercedes for us because we don't know what to pray for. When James Dunn comments on this verse, he says that the problem is, it's not that we lack the words, it's not that we can't really articulate what we want. It's, the problem is much worse. The problem is we don't even know what to want, let alone ask for it. So that's the state of the human heart. We don't even know what to want, let alone ask for it. However, God comes along and says, well, here's the thing. I know what, I, I know what you truly need. And I know that you want changes. And I know that everything isn't settled. And I am well aware that there is something missing in this world. And it comes out and many and various and different ways and usually looks like suffering, right? But God says, I'm, I'm giving you, I have given you my spirit, my breath in you to intercede for you. Yeah, it's like you don't need to know. You don't always need to know exactly what you need, because God says, I know, right? And that's what's important, I know. And it's the same when we're trying to help someone else. I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing in a way, because oftentimes when you're trying to counsel someone or encourage a friend or, you know, you, you really don't know the best thing when you step back. And again, this is kind of a great comfort because God's saying, no, well, you, Glenda, you don't really know what's best in this situation, but you know what? I do. I know what she needs. I know what she needs. And I'm working toward that. The Spirit prays for God's will to be done in our lives. Yeah, we need that kind of help, don't we? 
And again, we might not be totally aware of what we want or what we need. Actually, you know, the thing about praying for God's will is, it's very difficult for us to pray for God's will to be done. Because because our ego gets in the way and we start to get scared. And it's like, well, maybe I won't like it, right? Or what if things don't turn out the way that I need them to turn out? So it's actually very difficult to pray that God's will will be done in our lives or in a situation. Because in order to do that, one has to give up control. And it's very difficult to give up control. Right? It's, it's you're battling fear when you give up control. So here the Apostle Paul comes along and says, the spirit sighs and prays beyond words. This is beyond words, moving beyond the surface concerns, beyond the surface concerns of the ego, all your likes and all your dislikes and all the things that you get upset about and all the things you get stressed over. Yeah, the spirit underneath all of that is shaping and conforming us, molding us to be the people that we were created to be, a stronger you, a more courageous you. It's still you, but it's like a new you is being birthed, the true you. Yeah, there's lots of ways to talk about this. You know, the scripture says things like Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's lots of lines, but it's, I think it's the idea of your true essence begins to shine. The spirit prays and, and changes begin to happen. And over time, you know, you start to face fears straight on and walk through them. And over time, you manage to tackle things that 10, 20 years ago, you thought, I could never, ever imagine me doing what I'm doing today. I could never imagine I would be okay doing what I'm doing today or being where I am today. And it's like, well, there you go. God must have pre prepared you in some way, right? The Spirit must have been interceding all these years so that you are coping today. And this is what the Spirit's doing, you know, underneath it all, praying. Without words, we're not talking about a conversation here. It's a, a, a deeper, a, a communication beyond words. And then it has a trickle-down effect, yeah. You start to learn how to live without resentment because God is doing this work in us, you start to learn how to let things go a little bit more. Why? Because the Spirit's doing what the Spirit does, interceding. And God's will is being done. It's like, yeah, which looks like being more Christ-like, which looks like being the you that you have been created to be. I mean, we're not called to be anybody else, right? We're just called to be us, fearfully and wonderfully made, precious, God says. Actually, God says, you are the apple of my eye. 
Yeah. That's what God says. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're the light of the world. You're precious in my eyes, honored and I love you. All these things, all these things that we think, really, me? Is that, could it be? Yeah, yeah. That's what God says. Yeah. It's good to be reminded, I think, not of uh, what people tell us or, as St. Paul would say, what the world tells us. That's the voice other than God. But what does God actually say? Yeah, God is saying, I'm with you. My spirit is in you. And I will finish and complete the work that I started. What a great promise. What a great, there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, thank you that you're working in us. You're, you're, you're praying within us and bringing us to that place that we need to get to and be. Thank you that you never give up on us and that you're always, always praying for us, for our good. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.